The following program contains mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. The latest trends and hottest topics, love and sex, handled honestly and with passion. Here's Dr. Lori, CJAD 800. Happy Halloween. And for Halloween, we have a little topic that, well, not really related to Halloween, but uh, it is our Dating Dilemma special tonight, our our regular feature uh, that we have here once a month. The scariest question uh, when dating, the scariest question you've been asked, the scariest question you hope will never be asked, the scariest question you don't want to answer. Uh, that's what we'll be talking about. We posted it on Facebook and got lots and lots of responses. We'd love you to respond as well at 514-800. Of course, you can always call in at 514-790-0800. So uh, Frank Kermit and uh, 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 Fritz Gerald Moriso will be joining us after 1015 to uh, get that ball rolling. In uh, But first... Time to check out our inbox. Your calls and texts are always welcome. Connect with Passion now at 514-790-0800 or 514-800. So lots of people also choose to email me, and that's good too. You can email me, lori at drlori.com, like this lady did. And this wasn't a pretty email, I can tell you that. So I'm going to share it with you because I, I like to feel pretty transparent and uh, like an open book. So even when I get uh, criticism or what have you, I still want to share it because I want you to see how other people uh, view the topics, view view me and the work that I do. It's not me personally, and none of this is, I don't take any of this personally, but the work that I do especially. uh, So I want to share this uh, with you. Uh, so first, uh, she asks me to maybe interview this woman who is an ex-porn star, and she, she sends me a link to YouTube. I, I didn't look at it, so I'll just put that out there right away. But then she goes on. I think that pornography is diabolical and have stopped listening to your show after eight years because of your stance on anal sex and pornography. I feel like your show is pandering to the LGBTQA plus community, which tends to be much more experimental with their sex acts. Many are deeply entrenched in the porn industry here in Quebec and in the States as well. There is not enough emphasis on your show on the dangers, the psychological dangers of interacting with people who engage in certain sex acts. Just because both gay and straight people engage in anal sex, for instance, does not mean that it is a healthy sex act. I need you to be more judgmental. Instead, I feel like you are stopping yourself from telling the truth about youth and sex addiction by making light of an industry that exploits and assaults youth both physically, psychologically, and spiritually. I'd like to hear your thoughts on this. Well, if you're not going to listen to the show, you're not going to hear my thoughts. So if you're tuning in, you shall hear my thoughts uh, on this. I have a a few things to say about this. And if you don't just give me a, just allow me to pick this apart for a little bit. So you think that after 30 years of me being in the field of sexuality, I think I have a pretty good idea 
of what healthy sexuality entails. I have a pretty good idea of when it is uh, problematic psychologically, as I am a psychologist and have been for many years as well. And now you say that I, uh, first of all, pornography is diabolical to you. But if you look at the vast majority of pornography consumed by a huge number of people, does that make every consumer of pornography diabolical and sick psychologically, spiritually, physically, and all of that? No. Having said that, I'm not, of course, there is a group of people who uh, can get addicted to it and, and uh, uh, pornography is their go-to drug. That's very true. But pornography itself does not cause addiction. And there are studies to back that up. However, everything you've said to me, I don't see any studies. To, where do you get this information from? Like, um, the LGBTQ community tends to be much more experimental with their sex acts. What does that mean exactly? And what do you mean when you say many are deeply entrenched in the porn industry? Where do you see that? And where do you get these facts that it is the LGBTQ community that is deeply entrenched? That is quite a statement uh, to make that is actually quite false. Uh, you want me to talk about the dangers. Uh, I talk about the dangers. Uh, well, we certainly talk about addiction once a month. That's absolutely true. When we do our BDSM panel, we talk about some of the risks. We've talked about that. I think I pretty balanced in, uh, in offering up information, but you say that I don't talk about the dangers, the psychological dangers of interacting with people who engage in certain sex acts. I don't know about you, but I interact with plenty of people who do all kinds of stuff. I don't really care what they do in the bedroom. It does not say anything about who they are on a day to day. I don't ask my friends, what do you specifically do in the bedroom? And hey, did you practice anal sex? Or hey, do you practice BDSM? Whatever they are, and I'm sure plenty do. Does that make them sick? Would I not associate with somebody because of their sexual practices? Wow. Wow. Uh, absolutely not. So um, anyway, when I when I think about this, I think about the close-mindedness of a lot of people and the the uh, the judgment that goes on for things that they really don't know much about. So I'm going to take anal sex for a minute. Um, I don't talk a lot about, I answer a lot of questions about it. That is very true about how to do it safely, about all of that. Um, I have not seen studies that show that there are dangers aside from Fecal incontinence, for example, that may be more, uh, 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 let's say, more uh, current or more pronounced in, in people who engage in regular uh, anal sex. That's something that, uh, that I have read. But studies show that about 42%, I think it is, of uh, straight individuals have tried or engage in, uh, in, anal, uh, in anal sex. So does that mean that anything anal, anal play, anal pleasure is not allowed between two consenting 
adults when they're not hurting anybody else, where they do not have an impact, that there is no psychological impact to this. I'm not talking about sexual assault and things like that, which of course have an impact. So I don't, I, I, I don't get it. And, uh, Jean or Jean writes, I agree with this texter. You have no backbone. You agree on everything and anything. I have never heard you say anything negative. I think you are a pleaser. You don't know me very well. You can ask my, uh, my friends. Uh, you can ask my, my circle. I am not known as a people pleaser, first of all. And, uh, and I, that I take offense to actually, you haven't heard me say anything negative, meaning what, what, I bring a, uh, a, a sex positive approach to sexuality, not a sex negative approach. That doesn't mean I don't talk about the negative sides of, of sexuality. So, um, I don't get it, but anyhow, all right, coming up, we are going to switch over to dating dilemmas and ask you what is, uh, the, uh, the scariest question you've received when, uh, dating or the scariest question you, you don't want to hear, or you don't want to get from somebody that's on our next, uh, dating dilemmas coming up. Your relationships on the line. Connect with Dr. Lori now. 514-790-0800. Passion. News Talk Radio. CJAD 800. I'm Dr. Lori Batito, and apparently I'm a people pleaser. You don't know me very well. Uh, <laughs> tend not to be. But anyhow, uh, this is our Dating Dilemmas uh, segment of the program. Frank Kermit joins me along with uh, Fritz Gerald Morisot of EliteSpeedDating.com. And we're talking about the scariest questions when dating, like how to handle them if you don't want uh, to answer them, should you be afraid of any question, things like that. Love to get some of the some of your thoughts, some of the questions you would hate uh, to answer. But before I do that, can I, do you guys, gentlemen, let me just finish up with my previous topic because apparently the woman who wrote to me, who stopped listening to me, was listening to me tonight uh, and uh, sent me a text uh, who says, you needed to watch to view the YouTube video, so I will at some point. The porn people who work in the industry are abused physically and mentally. I'm not judging the people who watch porn. The people who work in the industry are abused violently. Watching porn fuels the sex trafficking industry and child pornography. Please watch. I'm sorry. I'm sorry if I hurt you. I, I accept your apology. Um, however, that is also a blanket statement because... And I have interviewed a lot of people in the porn industry and a lot of people who have chosen to be in the porn industry who are not abused violently, who actually enjoy what they're doing. I know that may be hard to believe, but many do. So it is, that is kind of a blanket statement. I do, uh, the whole sex trafficking thing is a problem, um, much more a problem with in prostitution than, uh, than in pornography, uh, in the pornography that's being made today. Today's pornography is far more, um, uh, let's say home, homemade than, than produced porn. So homemade porn are people who choose to do this for a living. 
They are webcam girls. Mm-hmm. They are people who do this and this and, and, and they do it because they want to. And they want to for whatever reason, whether it's because it's good money, whether it's because they enjoy it, whatever it is. So uh, <laughs> somebody says, Lori, stop. They are just a Bible t- thumping troll um another text writes wow can't believe how hard people are on you you bring knowledge to your show and it's 99.9 percent not for me but that's okay i like to listen on wednesdays while at work only to see where the world is at today never for anyone to judge another person i've learned many things from this show you are not a people pleaser you are there for answers thank you thank you so let's put that one to rest shall we Yes. All right, all right. Let's Agreed. let's go on to scary questions. All right, we put this out on Facebook. Uh, well, Frank did really; he did all the work, and uh, we got some really interesting uh, comments about this. As to like, how what questions do you get that you don't want to get, or that are scary to you? Uh, why are you still single? Okay, that puts that's you on the defensive, one. right? That's, that's a, a that's one. a big one. Like, hey, how come you're? Uh, you're 35 and you're still single. What's wrong with you, right? That, that, like that's the undertone of that question. How long have you been single is uh, another one. Uh, why did your last partner break up and dump you <laughs> was another one. Uh, so you have kids, although I think that's a normal question. Why would you be afraid to get a question like, so you have kids? Because some people will not date a single parent. Well then, that's fine. Then it's a question they should ask. It is a question. If that's one, ask, if that's one, one of their the, hard. Uh, but we're talking about someone who, let's say, has kids, and has been dumped, or hasn't even gotten to a you know finishing the first date because they say, "Well, yeah, I have kids." There are people who are reluctant to even admit that because they're terrified of not getting the opportunity. You know what? I think they're wrong though. In that situation, if you have kids and you're dating and you state that you are a, a parent so that the person has the choice. And if that is their non-negotiable, like, I'm sorry, I don't go out with people who have kids. That's fine. You shouldn't be tricking your way into a date and then dump that situation on them further on, like hiding a very important piece of information. That's my thought on that. I don't know. What do you think? I, I, I agree that they shouldn't hide it. I think it's, it is paramount or a cornerstone of what they're trying to build from that point on, if, especially if the person doesn't have kids, because it is quite of a big, um, I'm going to call it an ask for the person to deal with another person in their lives all the time. And I'm talking right. about there was the other respective person, father or mother that was that created the first child or right. children or mm-hmm. whatnot. So it is a big ask. Do it is wrong to hide it completely, but I do understand on how they would be afraid to answer. Like because they're they now have to find out the actual truth about is find this going to go somewhere or not? I'm sorry, but this is the kind of thing I would think you would find out before you actually go out on a date with someone. I would agree with that. Uh, however, what tends to happen... You agree with me? <laughs> wow. Yes, wow. Not, it, because it's Halloween, there's something in the air, and something... Full moon. Oh, Full moon. Right. And let me point out, I am not here to please Frank. <laughs> I do disagree with him. We disagree all... Well, actually, not all the not time. All the we, time. Disagree we disagree more often than we agree. Uh, on this we? thing, On this thing, we do agree... 
what I do see when people are coming to me for coaching at times is that they're terrified of asking for what they want or they're terrified of answering certain questions because at the heart of it is a fear of abandonment. Right. If people knew this thing about me, they might not give me a chance. So I've actually coached people that, let's say, uh, were hiding this big secret. And in this case, you know, one of the big secrets was somebody had kids, but they didn't want to bring it up until, let's say, the third or fourth date mm. when they felt the other person would be attached enough. When they hooked them. Yeah. Exactly. Right. It's actually, I get that question a lot uh, during events. And I tell them, just answer the question, because right now you're about to decide, are you going on a second date? So if you already know that that person, at least find out if they even want kids. Maybe they don't care if you have kids. This is the perfect time to ask. You got five minutes? Throw it out there. In a speed dating thing. (laughs) Absolutely. Sure. Because it would be like, okay, then that's not a a no-go. Exactly. Uh, A question here. uh, Somebody saying, people asking why you never got married or had or had kids by 50 then judging you negatively if you never did it's actually better to lie and just say you're divorced what do you think is it better to lie and say you're divorced it's never good to lie never lie you can always choose not to answer a question such as um, i don't talk about that particular thing until i've gotten to know someone better and that's a fair thing. Well, I would say, first of all, it's my own business. <laughs> but, think... but that kind of puts you, def- that's like a very defensive answer. That, that's my business. Like, no, but it's a choice. Bug off, you know? It's a choice. I, I believe that you shouldn't lie about it. Own it. So you didn't have kids and you didn't get married. It's okay. That's right. Some people don't want to. Like, it's fine. But they're it's... right to say that there's a stigma for that. And some right. people have faced that stigma. Everything's going good until the person found out that I'd never been married. So they have preconceived notions of what right. that means. And right. therefore, the date ended poorly. Right. You shouldn't even be talking to that person if they, they, they go that way. Yeah, but I, but I do get the stigma. Like, we do live in a society where we get judged for a lot, a lot of things and a lot of choices. Uh, like this person, I look much younger than my age, so I don't want to be asked my age. So there's another factor do you lie about your like eventually somebody finds out your age yes. i mean as you know <laughs> like, they're gonna how find long out do you lie and then what happens when you start off by lying and then let's say weeks in months in you get the you find out that the person is actually 10 years older don't don't you then doubt everything that that Correct. person has told you a Correct. lot of people don't think that far ahead. What they're thinking right now is, how do I get this other person to like me and not leave me? <laughs> and that's why they initially lie. Then they find themselves in a bit of a quandary when three months into it or four months into it, it turns out that, wow, things are going really well here. Now, how do I break the news to the other person? Yeah, exactly. Like, uh... Exactly. Again, the same thing in speed dating. When people ask, you know, should I tell them... We, I, I have a rule of saying do not give out personal information. That doesn't mean you got to lie. There's a okay? difference. There's right, a very right, big right, difference. Right. And maybe this is just a personal thing. I think there's nothing worse than a liar because you can confront any situation. You might not have the best outcome that you're looking for. But if they call you a liar, especially in, in your relationship and you start off. Yeah, it's not a great way to start to start uh, off a relationship at all. Because then you'll be branded what th- that per- you've given that person a reason to ask, what else have you told me that is, that not, is not true? true. Right. 
And the age thing, I understand where that comes from, like to be asked your age if you're dating somebody younger, but that's another thing you need to own. Yes. Like be proud you got to this age and you look this hot or you look this good. Agreed. Listen, it's easy to say, oh, yeah, we should just own it. And I agree. Once again, I I know this is unusual. (laughs) I agree that people should own it. But let's also face the reality that when you're out there in the world, it's cold out there and nobody wants to share information that may be potentially used against them. So yes, you should always go out there, be you, be yourself and be as brutally honest as you can without revealing information that you don't want to be public. But with that said, the more honest you are, you're probably going to get rejected a little bit more often and you have to keep plugging away until you find someone who says, yeah, I'm cool with that. Right. I have to tell you that I have, uh, yes, more male friends than female friends that own their age and their status and some want to have children and some don't. And I could tell you for at least in their world, which their facts, they've gotten more out of it by being really honest than not their sex lives, relationship. Everything is just falling into place just because they start off with the truth. Yes. I'm this age. No, I don't want to blah, blah, blah. Everybody Mm. knows. That's my philosophy. I think that that's certainly my philosophy. So yes, uh, there's a, and we have a question here, and we'll answer this after the news. But uh, how or when would you talk about your health issues? That's a really really good one, and it's not a question that people generally get asked because you assume everybody. You just make the assumption everybody's healthy. It's not like, hey, do you got any health issues? Do you have any mental health like any health issues? So that's a good one. How to answer? And talk about your health issues and dating. When do you do that? We'll find out. Frank and Fritz will will illuminate us on that topic. The following program contains mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. It's Sex Out Loud, and you're welcome to listen in. Passion on CJAD 800. Once a month on Passion, we focus on dating issues uh, with uh, Frank Kermit, who is a dating coach, along with Fritz Gerald Morisot, who is the founder of Elite Speed Dating, EliteSpeedDating.com. If you've never tried speed dating, go to the website, check it out, and you'll get a little idea of what it's all about. He's got tons of events coming up. It's a really quick and easy way to meet a bunch of different people and have a, an initial uh, conversation. I, I happen to be a big fan of speed dating. I think it works. Um, not Obviously not always, but if you're consistent with it, it could, uh, could, ten- could potentially get you some matches. So Yes, and last weekend we had a great event. Actually, everybody except two people. So matched up, <laughs> matched up with got at least a date. So out of 24, 22 people walked out with at, at with least one date. one date. Wow. That's a great. That's a great that's number, a, huh? That's, Next that's one, a great November tenth. Rate. All right. So to be to be part of it, you just have to sign up and then fill out the form of your age, yes. whatever. It's free, uh, and then you're told about the events, and then that's what you you just Correct. pay for the events. Okay, great. Uh, so we uh, we've asked the question, the scariest question when dating. This issue came up, and I think it's a really important one. Hi, uh, how or when would you talk about? your health issues? Well, the first thing is if you're planning a date and you can't go to a certain location because of a health issue, then you need to talk about it at that point. You don't put yourself at risk. 
when it comes to sexual health, you definitely should have that conversation before sex. Right. Letting somebody know after the act that, oh, by the way, I have a sexually transmitted infection. Right. That, probably that will work, not right. endear you to a But I'm people. thinking this person's referring to, and I know why, because I've had clients in my office where, for example, somebody has colitis or uh, like some something that they're being treated for, some a stomach something, or they have some other kind of... I mean, it could be anything, really, but something, usually it's chronic. It's something chronic that they live with, and it, it makes life a little more complicated for them. So if they're celiac, they can only go to uh, restaurants that, that are uh, celiac-approved, for example. Uh, like, that's a health issue to deal with. If you're on, uh, maybe you have to do, like, go be hospitalized every once in a while. Like, so these are important things. All right. The first thing you're going to do is that you want to test people before you share private information, okay. especially if it's information you want to keep private. Uh, not that there's anything wrong with having a, a, a physical ailment, but it might not be something that you personally want to broadcast to the world. So the first thing you do is that you talk about your day-to-day -day lifestyle. So let's say your health does not allow you to go out very often and you're more of a homebody. Express the fact that you are a homebody and you like to stay close to home and that you really enjoy, uh, you'd rather stay in and watch a movie than to go out to a movie theater. Mm -hmm. If you find someone who's already like-minded in terms of the lifestyle you want, then your health issue is probably not going to be a major affront to them. So that's how you initially right. test, test them. Uh, the next thing you do is that as you get to know somebody, you might ask them questions such as, have you ever taken care of an ill parent? Have you ever, uh, were you close with your grandparents? And if your grandparents aren't alive, did, you know, were you there as they declined? See how they react to that. If their reaction is, oh, I just couldn't deal with it and I just couldn't be around them and I feel bad about it now. Okay, you know that they probably don't have the maturity to be able to handle your health challenges. So this person texted in and said the this gave us the specific health issue. It's a history of breast cancer. A history mm -hmm. of breast cancer. Mm -hmm. So that might mean, and I don't know what, what happened to this person, whether they had a mastectomy, double mastectomy, not a, a lumpectomy. Uh, so there's physical uh, signs uh -huh. uh, once mm -hmm. they get into the bedroom that, that may be apparent. So... I would assume that you would talk about it before if there are any physical signs. If it's because there are scars and you want to um, make sure the other person is ready to see the scars, you are definitely going to talk about it before the clothes come off. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it could just be a matter of, look, there's something you need to know before we do this and share it in that moment and give the person the chance to bow to out quietly. Out. Right. Um, and it's important that if somebody does walk away at that moment, you have to be grateful that they were honest with you and they walk away and you have to be mature about it. If you freak out, you are going to encourage other people to lie to you if you can't handle an honest rejection. With that said, if you are okay with it and you have to lead by example, if you have a problem with whatever's going on in your life, and this isn't just health, this is across the board. Mm -hmm. If you're okay with whatever limitations you have, the people around you will be okay with it. If you are not okay, if you are self-loathing, self-hating, if you are uncomfortable in your own skin, you are going to influence how other people are going to treat you. That's why self-acceptance is so Important. intoxicating. Right. Well, it... it it, mm -hmm. We have the expression that we teach people how to treat us, right? So if we treat ourselves 
without love or kindness, if we're not kind to ourselves, we're also teaching people that they need not be kind to us. That's right. Mm -hmm. Uh, This text writes, you could only be so honest, especially without being judged and stigmatized. What if you chose not to have children in order to prevent passing on the genes of mental illness? thus being double the stigma. Why should you have to divulge such such personal affairs to anyone? You don't. Okay. I That's agree. That's the beauty of it. You don't have to share anything you don't want to share. But there's a difference between saying to someone, I don't want to answer that and leave me alone about it, and saying... That's not something I really tend to share with most people, especially when I've gotten to know them. But if you and I do get to know each other and we develop a, a good trust and I and I, we see a future here, I'll answer those questions to you at a later time fully. Yeah, I, I think, like that Frank, answer. that is a great answer. But also, I believe, I, I don't even believe you need to go that far. If you chose, for example, that specific reason of I don't want to have children because I don't want to pass it Like down, if somebody right? says, hey, how it, come you don't have kids? Like you've been married before, you, you, you're you 40 or 50, and you, did, you how come how you come? don't have kids? Yeah. So I think that you can just say, I chose not to. Later on, you can say why you chose not to. Hmm. Notice that I didn't lie <laughs> at you any point. Yeah, lie. but there's you probing, but, but sometimes gave, there's probing. But you gave an answer an opening. that would normally, for most people engage the conversation further and that's what people don't want they don't want to feel uncomfortable by simply saying i chose not to the next question most people would have is well how come well why not right it's not in my belief system it's not what i want right now it's not there's there's other answers to because i believe that the whole mental health i think that's um it's very, very personal. And yes, I do think course. that it's not a five-minute conversation. No, it's not. So if you're not ready for like, you have to have time to discuss this. You so, have to have trust to discuss this. It's, time, it's yes. more than, than, than which just is time. Why, which is why the best answer you can give is, it's not something I discuss as I'm getting to know someone, but once some trust is established and once we get to know each other better, I will answer it at a later time. Mm-hmm. That still puts you in the position where if the trust is not you established. You have to earn it. You have to earn that. I, that uh... I agree. But this is where uh, I kind of agree. I'm not going to say I agree fully because I'm putting myself, if I'm dating and I get a response like that, I'm going to go, Ugh. as opposed to well, I'll why? accept more. Why? What are you going to think? I'm going to accept more. I choose not to. Maybe this is me. I'm like, I'm thinking I'll choose not to. You're just not normal. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, no fighting in my studio. Uh, Frank and Fritz, no fighting, boys, children. Uh, This text writes, always lie about your age. And once they have fallen for you, tell them the truth and they will understand. I don't think so. I've seen the the opposite happen. I've seen people, uh, they may continue to see you because they love you enough. But it's always in the back of their mind that, yeah, well, you kind of deceived me at first. And what happens the next time they have to give you the benefit of the doubt and there is no benefit of the doubt. Yep. So, no, you don't lie about your age, but you can choose not to answer that. Yeah, you can say, I'm not comfortable answering that question. It's not meaningless. It's not meaningless. It depends on the person's age. Because if somebody has a life plan that involves things like uh, being at a certain stage in life when wanting to have kids and that age is going to be important. And which is why it matters. Yes. If, if you're dating a younger person. But a number. Aaliyah. No, no, no. Hold on. I'm sorry. You have a you have a 45 year old dating a 30 year old or 35 year old, 
and he wants kids and she's the old and she can't have kids and that's in his life plan he should know he should know how he old she know. is yes I agree. so okay. it matters let's con- so it matters <laughs> the, the next question we'll try to the next scary question how many sex partners have you had how do we answer that one We strip away the stigmas every night with passion on CJAD 800. Dating dilemmas tonight on the program. Fitzgerald Morisot of EliteSpeedDating.com along with uh, Frank Kermit of FrankTalks.com, dating coach who's been with us for, I don't even know how many years. Eight years. Ten years, yes. Almost ten years. years. In fact, this is episode number 80. 98. 98. Wow. This is the 98th Dating Dilemmas. Wow. So in the new year, we'll have done 100 shows together. Look at that. Uh, The question we're we're asking because it's Halloween and Halloween can be scary. Uh, The scariest questions that you have or that you fear getting from, from people. And one of them that somebody posted was, how many sex partners have you had? How is that relevant it represents what your sexual values are. Okay. Somebody who, let's say, reserves sex for intimate, uh, monogamous relationships. Now, I'm not saying that's better or worse than open relationships or so on. But there are people that will only have sex once in a committed relationship. They may date for months and not engage in intercourse. Mm-hmm. That's a particular value that they have, a value set, a set of beliefs about sex. Somebody else who has a very different set of values is obviously going to have more sex partners. So rather than talk about, well, what are your sexual values? They might just simply ask, well, how many people have you been with in your life? Mm -hmm. To get the sense of what their values are. Exactly. Because someone can say, oh, I totally believe in sex and relationships only. And if, but however, for relationship lasts you know for relation if it takes uh three days to get into a relationship right. in the last two weeks except this doesn't take into consideration that people change that yeah. people when they're maybe when they're younger or maybe newly divorced or whatever may engage in some more hooking up and yeah. and and more casual sex and when they feel ready to commit and they feel ready to meet the one person that they want to build a family with, let's say, or what have you, that that all changes for them. That they now, they value that commitment. They may value that commitment, but they have a certain attitude towards sex that they would pass on to their kids. And if you're looking to start a family, if you're looking to start a family with somebody, you may want the other person to have certain values that you want to raise your children with. So if you have one person that says, look, I can hook up, I can have fun, it's, we're being young, there's no commitment, but once I'm committed, I'm committed. It's not right or wrong, but it is different than the person who says, I only want to get, I'm, I'm waiting until marriage for sex, or I'm waiting for a very serious How relationship. How common is that these days? Whether or not it's common, it doesn't mm. devalue. No, no, it doesn't devalue. I'm just saying that's fine if that's your value. You just need to find someone else. That, that shares the same, the same value. value, right? Or somebody who doesn't care the, the number of partners you have or who finds that 
irrelevant to the situation or to the relationship to the present relationship agreed because really there I is no care. there's no good answer right i don't know what the number answer to that <laughs> yes so but actually you were talking off air about a study that i want to hear about it was a survey done by a website i believe it was ask men mm-hmm. and i and i just found it so fascinating i actually wrote about it in my coaching workbooks that you can get on franktalks.com now here's what the study asked it asked a number of men would you have sex with a woman who's had a certain number of sex partners? And then would you commit to a woman that has had a certain number of sex partners? When it came to the topic of commitment, here's what they found out. That starting from the beginning where, let's say, you start off with zero, the woman is a virgin, would you commit to her all the way up to, say, 100 sex partners? Mm-hmm. 25% of men would not commit to a woman if she's had 20 or more sex partners in her life before him. 25%. 25% are saying, yeah, I would commit, but that means 75% are saying, no, I will not commit to a woman that has had. Oh, 75. No, no, no. no 75 or 25. Way. One out of four men or three out of four men won't commit. Uh, three out of four will not commit. 75% will say if she's been with 20 or more partners. Really? That they won't commit with them, but they'll have sex with her. They may have sex with her. And funny enough, the, the woman who's a a zero, if she's a a virgin, no sex partners, she would get less offers of commitment than a woman who's had one to three sex partners. Right. Well, that doesn't surprise me. I know some, some men might say that they want someone with some experience, let's say. Or unless their value is that. But oftentimes, though, what I find interesting is I'll meet men who who want to be with someone who have had very few sex partners, but they themselves have had many sex partners. So the fact that they have a lot of sex partners doesn't show anything about the value if they want somebody who has had no sex partners or very few sex partners. And there is a double standard there. Yeah. Yes. No kidding. There's a double standard. And yeah. it's... Not that. See, Complex that's not fair. Insecurity. <laughs> not fair. Compl- Just I agree. not fair. But Complex does, does and insecurity. Up, does bring up one of these other que- uh, questions we got here. Are you a virgin? Being asked that on a date. Are you a virgin? People being scared to answer that. And if they are. If they are. Right. Because you know, at one time. It I can't was... imagine people asking that question unless you're super young. Yeah. Uh, no, there are people who will ask it because they see that the other person is uncomfortable with either making a move or holding hands. And listen, you know, this is our third date and, uh, we, by you saying that now it's going to be even harder, right? As, because people are more afraid to be making moves with the hashtags. So therefore that's just going to make it harder altogether. Some people will, some people are, are becoming very reluctant to make first moves and they're going to, they're, I have clients that have been asked, are you a virgin? And the ones who are a virgin are more, you know, they're like, well, no, or they won't want to talk about right. it. The ones who are not a virgin will say, <laughs> no, I'm not a virgin. Like, what would make you think that? Mm-hmm. But they are bothered by the fact that somebody asked them if they were, because they're not receptive to hold. Again, it's just holding hands, getting snuggling in a movie right. theater. They may just be awkward. They just may be awkward, about. but yeah. because they're acting so uncomfortable with it, people might start to assume. And I have had people say, I don't want to be with a virgin. And this is men and women saying, I don't want to be with a virgin. Right. Uh, other th- other questions might be like, uh, how come you still live with your mother? <laughs> <laughs> do you own your own house? Do you own your own house is For a some, question, yeah. Because, what kind of car do you drive? 
Sure. Because what does we, that say uh, to to the person receiving that question? <laughs> oh, so you want me for my money? That's right. Yes. That's exactly. And you're going to take a... half my stuff. <laughs> uh, what about, here's a couple of others that were shared with us. Um, is it okay if I have no idea what I want and I'm having fun getting to know you? Doesn't that say something like this person isn't, is just looking to have fun? Yeah, but isn't it better yes. that they're honest? Yeah, I agree. I agree. Casual? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. What about this one? Can you still have kids or do you still want kids? For people who are looking for a, a certain type of future, if they're looking to have their own kids, that can be a very scary question. If they're looking to have their own kids? If they're looking to have kids, and so when they go on a date, they want to make, they want to say, listen, you know, are you able to have kids? Right. Like, are you young enough? Is really what they're saying. I think think that question would be scary for the person receiving it and not asking it, right? Yeah, the person receiving that. But some of these are questions that we're scared to receive. Receive, yes. Mm -hmm. Not the ones that we're afraid to to ask. Like, this person writes, any questions about my dad? Sometimes people who have, who come from, let's say, families that are pretty messed up don't necessarily want to talk about their families mm-hmm. uh, because either it's too painful or there's a lot of negativity or whatever. So that might be something that they want to, uh, want to, but avoid. every family but that tells has you issues. Something. That's true. <laughs> so, uh, some more than others, but yeah. again, it's like, it can still tell you a lot about a person, mm-hmm. I guess, in terms of their relationships to their families. We've run out of time. That was a great topic, uh, Frank, for Halloween. Thank you. Happy Halloween, everybody. Happy Halloween. And if you want to get in touch with Frank, franktalks.com. If you want to get in touch with Fritz, it's uh, elitespeeddating.com. Sign up and find out when the next events are for your age category. Uh, Thank you to Brian Kalisar, our technical producer tonight. And thank you for uh, tuning in and participating in the program. Loved all your texts. Thank you so much. You can connect with me on social media at Dr. Lori Batito or my website, drlori.com, which you, where you can also send me some emails if you want questions answered or you just want to give me your opinion about my work, whatever, <laughs> whatever. Uh, coming up next on CJD, the CTV National News. Have a great rest of the evening and remember to live your life with passion. The way you dance, the sexy glitz got-